This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the Voice of the Shepherd with a retreat moment on Mater Day Radio. One of the meanings of the word retreat is to withdraw into safety or privacy, to seek a place of refuge or seclusion. As a person of faith journeying through life, how can our spiritual retreats nourish our heart and soul to provide the sustenance we need to fully live our life out in joy and happiness with Christ? Well, with me today to talk about retreats and really our spiritual journey is Father Skip Thompson. He is a member of the Missionaries of the Holy Apostles, and he'll be coming out to the state of Oregon first to visit with our Knights of Columbus with their 115th state convention in Hermiston, and then the following week on April 28th through 30th, be at our Lady of Peace retreat to lead a men's silent retreat. Father Skip, thanks for joining us and welcome to Mater Day Radio. It's great to have you with us. For for the first time. Thank you, Dina. It's uh, my pleasure to be with you. And uh, I've been looking forward to this. So uh, yeah, anytime I can get back home to Oregon, I'm, uh, I'm always happy. I was born in Hood River. I think we talked earlier about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, uh, a beaver or a duck, depending on how I've got to be neutral. You have to have all of the bases covered. Absolutely. (laughs) And you are a 49ers fan, I understand. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. See, I I was transplanted at a young age to California and kind of grew up in the Central Coast in the Monterey County area, south of that San Francisco Bay Area, and had a lot of uh, career in uh, Sacramento. Right. And I yeah. want to hear a little bit about the journey because I know born in Hood River, spent a little bit of time in Oregon, but then right. spent most of your time in California. Now you were married, you had kids, uh, you kind of yeah. were Catholic. <laughs> a lot of people fell away, kind of did the world and lived in the world. And then there was like this moment where you said, wait a minute, I need to get back on track with God. And yeah. eventually it led you to the priesthood. So let's go to that point yeah. of your life where you're, looking at um, the Lord might be calling me one back to him, but to him as to serve as a priest. Right. Uh, I didn't see this coming. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't. It was never in my uh, radar to uh, be a priest, but we'll say that uh, I was uh, brought up with the sacraments, although I would say I was never evangelized. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't really have what I would call a conscious faith in Christ. But I, through the, some of our, you know, we call them our separated brothers and sisters, but uh, you got to hand it to them. They do have a love for the word of God, uh, unencumbered by traditions. They uh, get right to it. And uh, I remember in college being challenged uh, to accept Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I went, well, I've never heard this before. And they'd say, they ask the question, are you saved? I'd go, well, I'm Catholic. <laughs> which answered their question as far as they were concerned, and they were like working on me. But anyway, um, Jesus is good. And so I responded to the goodness of Christ, and uh, uh, this offer of uh, a relationship with Christ came fresh uh, to me. And uh, I think my Catholic upbringing, there was grace in those sacraments that were residually at work. So I responded, and um, I'll just try to be quick as I can with this, but I I started following Christ as a college student in the central coast area in the the little junior college called Hartnell, transferred up to UC Davis, finished my work there, got a degree in environmental planning, and then I started thinking about ministry. So there was a a kind of a seed, if you will, 
And uh, I interviewed seven pastors in the Davis area and asked them two questions. Knowing what you know now about ministry, how would you have prepared yourself differently? And to which they all, I was almost unanimous, they said, uh, I would have wanted to get out in the world and you know, get some real life experience and bring that with me to seminary, try to craft kind of a message to men or women in my, you know, you know, in whatever situation they might be in their real lives, as I call real life. And the other question I asked was, well, why did you choose your denomination? America, as you know, is kind of a smorgasbord of Christianity, you know, pick a flavor, any flavor, one from column A, one from column B. Every one of these guys had been born in their tradition. And uh, so there was no help. I was trying to find the mother load, you know, who, who's got the 411 on the gospel and, and, and God. So I was sort of left to go with the first one. And so I did, I, I got married, got a great job and uh, things worked out in the capital for a while that came to a screaming halt um, with the death of my son. And it was a very tragic situation eventually after we had three children two prior to the what I'll call the incident and one afterward and uh, so I have three children one in heaven two in California but I was emotionally a shambles and I'd you know when you bump up to evil up close and personal and the death of an innocent um, especially in the circumstances I won't go into all that but it just, I saw, where's God? Uh, he's uh, hes back there somewhere. I don't know where, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just thought he must be sort of missing in action uh, when I needed him most. You know, the message, there's always, a, with, with a wound, I think the devil takes advantage of whenever we're wounded by this fallen world of ours and the corruption of sin that bangs us. Whether we have done something bad or not, we're just down here in this debris field and we get whacked by it. And bad things happen to good people. I was kind of getting the messages that, well, you know, really God can't be trusted. You're kind of really on your own, you know, when you get down to it and grab for all the gusto you can get, you know, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I was believing these these things because my my life was suddenly a shambles. It was, it was a, I was knocked out of orbit to continue sure. with the space space theme there. And so I just continued my work. I became a workaholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we divorced. Uh, I, you know, just pursued uh, career workaholism. Uh, kind of forgot about God, just became kind of agnostic. Uh, God helps those who help themselves kind of thing. He was in the background, but I wasn't taking God seriously anymore. Uh, and that went on until 2002, when I kind of hit another wall in life. Uh, lost that high-powered job, lost my uh, my dad had passed away, who was a great mentor, a great father to me, a child of the Depression, uh, that greatest generation went off to fought World War II, was severely wounded in combat in the Pacific, survived that, here I am. Uh, he was a he was a hero to me in a lot of ways, and, uh, and just a natural teacher. Uh, he was gone, so that, my mentor, gone, and then I broke my arm. I got plates and screws holding it together. So my my fitness thing was going on, and I, that was a shambles. Dad was gone. My go- my job was gone. It's like, all right, God, what are we doing? As a Protestant, I learned a lot of scripture, so I, I prayed the scriptures to God. I said, in Philippians 2.12, you say that you are at work within me both to will and to do to your good pleasure. Well, how do you explain the fact that 
I don't really give a flying rip about what your good pleasure is because you don't seem to be there. So you're not doing your job, God. Get to work so that I'm going to will and to do. <laughs> I think he was like going, you know, I've been waiting for this prayer for an awfully long time. That's right. And, I, you know, and he was there. He was there for me. I think I would just been pushing him away. I was. And uh, now I'd come kind of come back. I think sometimes the hard shell has to get cracked open. And we, mm-hmm. we do that to ourselves. God does not, you know, I've heard this. God's whacked me upside the head of a two by four. I said, no, it's not his style. We do that to ourselves. Don't mm-hmm. blame him. Right. So <laughs> that's right. Anyway, right. I kind of uh, opened my heart and mind and uh, started going to a Baptist church. Good Baptist church, very Catholic friendly, I might add. We did a lot of studies and involved uh, a lot of Catholic authors, Thomas Merton, Teresa of Avila, Bernard of Clairvaux, just a lot of different things. And drank deep of the Christian well that involved an awful lot of Catholicism. And eventually um, I came uh, to discover a monastery on the central coast, the Big Sur, called New Camaldoli, which I discovered, oddly enough, on the anniversary of my father's death, which turned out to be the anniversary of their founder, the Camaldolese Benedictine founder, St. Romuald. And I remember talking to a monk. I Again, I took a, I took a lane off of Highway 1 up, up this hill, not knowing really where it was going. It's just a single lane. It goes to a private residence. There's no businesses down there for 120 miles between uh, Monterey and San Luis Obispo. But there it was, and and this monk says, so, your dad died on this day, and uh, our dad died on this day, and you're here. He goes, I think you should have a retreat with us. Mm. And uh, he goes, you're, I think your dad and our dad have been talking to each other, and that's why yeah. you're <laughs> so Wow. That, wow. And then that, that segues into another part of the journey. Uh I think that's a great moment for us to take a pause because I think that's really leading us to your heart is open, Father, and now the Lord is going to start working. You've given him permission to come back and to lead where he has guided you. I'm talking with Father Skip Thompson, and he's going to be coming to our area, one at Our Lady of Peace Retreat at the end of April for a men's silent retreat, but before that, spend some time with the Knights of Columbus during their state convention in Hermiston this year, April 21st through the 23rd. Third, the core is that retreats have really led Father Skip back into his Catholic faith and now into the priesthood and into beautiful retreat ministry and leading others closer to the soul of Christ. Father, stay with us. Uh, We've got to take a break, but we'll come back on the other side of the hour and we'll continue our conversation. Sure. Great. This is Dina Marie, and I'm back with Father Skip Thompson. Father's going to be coming to the Portland area at Our Lady of Peace Retreat the end of April to offer a men's retreat. He's been talking a little bit about his road, his journey, born a Catholic, kind of fell away from the faith, lived in the world, actually was a political analyst, I think, lobbyist in California. But he ended up recognizing the death of his father, coming upon a monastery on the anniversary date of the death of their founder and these two fathers, and I think the Holy Father, guided this um, this interaction to really respond to God's love. Father, tell us a little bit about this engagement in a retreat, having a right. lot of emotional, spiritual, physical yep. wounds in your life, and right, yet recognizing right. the Lord has a plan and a purpose for my life. And you were right. you said you were your heart was open 
to the guidance right, of the Holy Spirit. Right, 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 right. Let me begin um, by talking about what I'll call milestones in our journey that really build our faith. And I'm a, a great advocate of uh, journaling to kind of provide, uh, if one takes their life seriously, it's worth reflecting on and capturing key moments. And I've done that. And uh, I recall as I came back to faith, active faith, and this was prior to bumping into that monastery and beginning retreats, I need to mention that the loss of my son, Michael, was a wound that carried messages, that, and there was a healing that was needed. And I had very early on in my my desire to get right with God and challenge him to get to work in my life, <laughs> uh, to do and to will to his good pleasure, which I trust is good. I remember having a dream about my son, Michael, and I had wanted to just forget all of that. But it was vivid, and he was, you know, he was a well, and he was like, with the arms outstretched in this dream in an alb, he was like communicating, hey, dad, I'm okay. You know, I'm in heaven here. You're, we're worried about you. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I woke up I'd be with a start. And I'm like, wow. And, uh, you know, I had not visited his grave in 15 years at least. And on that particular day, I went out and I saw that I took me 45 minutes to find the grave because I hadn't been there. And I prayed and I cried and I had a nice kind of a reunion. And I sensed, you know, Michael's back. And uh, uh, he's alive in heaven. I had to move my sight. See, here's the thing. Yeah. We are so wrapped up in this plane of existence, you know, what's banging around in front of us that we forget. And as Solomon used to say, everything is vanity under the sun. Well, perhaps, but we have a God that's, he has the whole universe in his hands. And we need to raise our sights above the horizon and, and see the heavens. And I did that. And that's where Michael was. And so I recovered that vantage point. That made all the difference. Uh, I, I was looking at things with an eternal perspective. And so he was back in my life. On that particular day, uh, as I sort of recovered this, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I, well, I f tried to forget that I'd had him because of all the pain associated with the loss. I used to say I had two kids. But from that moment on, I said, I've got three. Michael's back. I've got three kids. One's up there, back there, up there in heaven, available, praying for me yes. and his brother and sister. Yes. So I left the gravesite and uh, went off to an appointment. It was a auto body shop. And I sat, the guy says, so sit here. I'll check out your car in the shop, see if it's ready to go. As I waited there, I looked around the room. Now, bear in mind, my son's name is Michael Thompson. And as I looked at these different awards uh, from, you know, Better Business Bureau, Trade Association Awards, all these, uh, it was a great shop. The owner's name was, of course, on each one of these plaques. And his name was, guess what? Michael Thompson. Michael Thompson. <laughs> you can't make this happen. No. I mean, what are the odds? 15 years after his passing, I finally go out to visit his gravesite, having tried to forget about him. And now this healing moment, this dream comes. I feel like he's back in my life. I've raised my sights to a, a, a heavenly a horizon. And so I visit him in his final resting place in death. And he can't wait a few hours later to come visit me in life and say, I'm here with you. Look, yep. here. And I mean, talk about a sign. 
So that's a mile post. That's mm-hmm. that's that's journaled. And so now I bump into this uh, monastery. Now I might add, I'm going back to my Baptist church. I had some really great friends there and good, solid Christ followers, sincere and all that, very encouraging. And but they, and they used to advocate that the, their their people go to uh, retreat in monasteries. Believe it or not, <clears throat> this is a Baptist church that had a a four week series on Mary during Advent. Wow! How many, how many Baptist churches do that? <laughs> so they were open to understanding, you know, all yeah. the things about the faith and the fact that the Catholic Church is a fifteen hundred years head start on Martin Luther and everybody else. Anyway, they weren't afraid to get into that, and we did. And some monasteries were part of the experience for a lot of the people there at our church, Oak Hills Baptist Church in uh, Folsom, California. So uh, at New Camaldoli, I went, and there's a, a verse in James, James 4, 8, that says, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. This is the value of retreat. And I instinctively understood this. I would go there. Uh, just to settle down, quiet down, you know, take off, take off the watch. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. We're going to listen, listen for the monastery bell. Right. And, uh, I I mean, I just, just sucked it up. <laughs> it was great. I'd go every six months. Uh, it was about 200 and some miles away, mm-hmm. but it was definitely worth it. Here's my old interest in ministry started to trickle right. and percolate. I had started going to a online Protestant seminary, Bethel Seminary, back in St. Paul, Minnesota, for the General Baptist Conference. And I was, you know, engaged with lots of different classes and so on. But I would go to this Catholic monastery for my, I'll call my spiritual, for the good of my heart, and draw close to God and pray and, of course, read the scriptures and journal and go. And finally, uh, I started uh, adopting this amazing divine office that I saw the monks doing. And I thought these I thought these guys are sold out. They've given up everything to follow Christ and here they are and every day 24/7, you know, it's vigils, it's lauds, it's midday prayer, it's mass, it's vespers, it's compline and <laughs> I thought I I don't even get close to this so I, but I became an oblate. I did morning and evening prayer as a baptist. And it wasn't long before I finally became, I came back to the church. But here's one thing that happened during the retreat, another milestone. There was a brother who died while I was on retreat, and the prior came to me and asked if I could help move his body from his deathbed to his casket, which is what every retreatant wants to do on a retreat. (laughs) (laughs) Move a dead body. Okay, so I did that, and I stayed for Brother Barabee's Funeral Mass, I noted his last words, which were, may my only reward be thy mercy. It was a prayer he gave God. Mm. It was his last utterance uh, as, as he kind of revived at the end and prayed that prayer aloud. And, there, and the prior related that to everybody at the funeral of Brother Barabee. Of course, I journaled a little bit of this. I kept the, the, um, the program, the Mass program in my, in my journal. And that was 2004. Okay, so I continue on. Every six months, I'd go there for retreat. I continued with work in Sacramento, but finally, dear old mom passed, and I, I did take care. I moved to I moved back to Hermiston, Oregon. Actually, that's where the folks had been married, and that's where I was baptized. and And they returned there later in in, in life. They returned from California. So 
I moved from Sacramento to take care of her as she battled with pancreatic cancer. But 11 months later, she was gone. But she did see me return to the church. Through the course of the my retreats, I finally asked one of the monks, you know, I and the Eucharist was drawing me. Yeah. That's a big one of my retreat themes. So I'm in Oregon and I'm going to daily mass and the people and the parish priests are going, hey, Skip, you need to be a priest. I'm going, I don't think so. Uh, although I have to say I had some tantalizing thoughts about that. I thought that's that's off the chart. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I'm thinking about ministry and, and I, I was hoping to be remarried, but it didn't seem to happen. I've got my kids and you know, I was living a celibate life, so why not be why not be a priest? And so I started to discern this. And I was told no because of my age in different dioceses and orders. And then finally, I was connected to the missionaries of the Holy Apostles back east. And I and I, I, call, I remember talking to Father Brad Pierce. I said, hey, okay, I'm Father, I'm Father, I'm I'm, just, I'm Mr. Skip Thompson, and I'm interested in the priesthood, and I'm 55 years old. What do you think? And he goes, great. Don't wait till you're 56, but we can talk <laughs> right now. Okay. So I said, I'm flying back there. So I flew out of Portland back to Hartford, Connecticut. We met and he goes, tell me your journey. I said, well, here it is. I did this, this, that, and that. And I used to go to this uh, new Kamaldoli hermitage on the Big Sur coast. He goes, really? I said, yeah, I go there for a retreat all the time. So he goes, you know what? We lost track of uh, uh, one of our brothers who the founder had, our founder had given permission to go out there to the new Kamaldoli hermitage and live. And, and uh, uh, we wondered whatever happened to brother Anthony Barabee. Did you ever meet him while you were there? I said, Oh yes, I sure did. Yeah. How's he doing? <laughs> well, he's resting in peace. He's and resting in peace. I, I explained, I said, I was there on retreat and I helped move his body and uh, I was at his funeral mass, and I, I've got the program right here, and here's his last words. And the vocation director is going, You're supposed God. to be here. He goes, You can't make this up. <laughs> and uh, he goes, You were there for our brother when he needed someone. Yeah. He goes, It's clear you you belong with us. And that way, I mean, that was the quickest discernment that I think any vocation director's ever had with a particular candidate. And so with that, the door to the priesthood opened from the inside, mm -hmm. which is the way it works. Right. Because uh, I was banging around everywhere. And uh, again, you can't make this happen. This is one of those milestones that it's the Holy Spirit at work. And that's God just does this kind of thing <laughs> all the time if we're paying attention. All the time so, if we're paying attention. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, Father, we're going to have to bring you back on the program. I'm excited that we have you here in Oregon, again, at yeah. the home of your birthland uh, in yep. April. I want to just alert our listeners, particularly those of you, the Oregon Knights of Columbus, you should be registering for your annual state convention. It's in Hermiston. Connect with your Knights of Columbus to be there with Father Skip because he's going to spend the weekend with you April 21st through 23rd. But then men here yeah. in, uh, well, in the Portland Archdiocese, the Seattle Archdiocese, 
diocese. Right. So if you right. want to travel from Idaho, come on out on retreat. <laughs> Look how important retreats are to engage our oh, path yeah. to Christ and to really oh. correspond with the Holy Spirit. Uh, April 28th. 29th and 30th at Our Lady of Peace. So Father Skip, oh, we've kind of yeah. run out of time, but I know we're going to have some more conversations to learn more. But I think the point is God's calling us. Are we going to respond? And how do we it. respond? It's with great joy. Would yep. you help us yeah. close this time Thank with you. a prayer and your final blessing? Oh, for sure. Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Lord, you love us uh, to death, literally. You are interested in bringing us close to your sacred heart and just help us with your grace to open our hearts and our minds to you, that we may draw close to you and that uh, you may draw close to us, uh, which is your heart's desire. So help us to always understand the good that you have for us uh, as we go through thick and thin. For all those that are out there, they're going through various pains and so on, realize that God is with you in it. And nobody gets out of this life alive. But in Christ, there is eternal life, and we shall be raised up with him again as we receive his uh, sacrament of the bread of life. I ask your blessing upon uh, uh, Dina and this program and all the listeners, thanking you for uh, her ministry, uh, praying that it is uh, edifying and encouraging to all. We ask these things through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. May the Lord bless you and keep you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dina. Father Skip, thank you so much. God bless yeah. you. And we'll look forward to seeing you in Oregon. Okay. Very good.